It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. Hey everybody, welcome back to Podcast Part 3, the Part 3 Podcast. I am Sam. And I am Will. And happy Halloween! <laughs> happy, happy Halloween. Halloween, 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 It's almost time. It's almost time for the big giveaway. <laughs> And my head explodes into bugs. Did you, uh, did you n- understand what I meant about the font? I did, and yes, this movie does not earn the font. Yes, uh, so we are talking about, uh, Halloween 4 slash Halloween 3 slash Halloween, I don't know, Baker's Dozen of Sunset. It's Halloween Ends, the conclusion to what is three movies, not really a trilogy, that are also three movies that follow the original Halloween. So this is the follow-up to Halloween, Halloween, and Halloween Kills. Uh, and it's it's been it's it's been out for a couple weeks now. It's uh, the response to it has been divisive, mixed. <laughs> I go back and forth. I don't think it's a terribly successful movie, but it it's. It's trying to do something different, which is a hallmark of the Halloween franchise, (laughs) is them trying to go in a new direction and then getting cold feet and pulling it all back. Yeah, I think that's my problem with the movie, is that it's trying to do something new, trying to subvert expectations, but then, like, when when it needs to bring it home... It just can't do it. It just can't do it and has to, like, give up on what it's trying to do, what its themes are, to go back to sort of what the Halloween franchise usually is, which is someone trying to defeat Michael Myers in a fight. (laughs) Yeah. And look, obviously, I'm not going to, like, this isn't a Star Wars sequel trilogy situation where they really should have had a plan in advance. They didn't go into this new reboot. David Gordon Green and Danny McBride and Blumhouse and all of them didn't go into this looking to make a trilogy of movies. They did one reboot, and I think it was kind of a, let's see how that goes. And that movie pretty definitively ends with, like, Michael Myers appears to have been killed off again. Uh, (laughs) But Halloween 2018 was a huge success, so... Let's make two more. And you would think on a certain level when that happens, when you get a your first movie is a huge success, so let's make two more. Typically, you get the um, Pirates of the Caribbean, Matrix, Back to the Future thing where it's two sequels that are pretty much like interconnected and play as one single story and are produced essentially on top of each other, which these two movies were, but they are not. They are, they, this movie, it, it all but ignores the events of Halloween Kills. Yeah, I mean, well, it, sort of, except in the way that it Halloween Kills ended. But mostly it just kind of gives that a little footnote to the movie. And, and I don't, it just, it feels like it's its own reboot. It really just feels like it's its own reboot. <laughs> well, I was thinking about it and I was saying, if you played this, apart from a few, like, plot things like Judy Greer getting killed in the second movie, so she's not in this one. Uh, This could have easily played as a sequel to Halloween 2018, where at the end of it, 
it's Michael's dead, but obviously, like, they don't find a body, so it's maybe a little ambiguous, and it turns out he really is still alive, but living in the sewer, uh, like a Ninja Turtle, and, um... <laughs> which, honestly, Michael's done before. Michael's, yeah, th- Michael's hung new. out in, like, sewers and shacks and, and like, <laughs> truck stops his whole existence, so that's not that's nothing new. People that were complaining about that, I'm like, yeah, th- that's on. what Michael does. Yeah. <laughs> He slinks around and then comes out when he's ready. Like, yeah, he eats, like, rats and dogs, and uh, presumably once in a while, like, a homeless person walks in on him when he's pooping, and Michael's got his onesie all the way down to his knees, but still has the mask on. Yeah, that's a sight. That's a sight for that poor homeless guy. Oh, man. Homeless guy. I didn't see nothing. I didn't see nothing. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Sorry, man. But yeah, and if you take what the ending of Halloween 2018 and Lori defeating Michael, this one shows her she's bought a new house and she's a much she's trying to be a more well-adjusted person. She's not afraid anymore. She's, you know, back out in the world, which plays off the end of Halloween 2018 relatively well. It it's kind of crazy in this movie that Somehow the brutal death of her adult daughter, uh, she got over in four years, whereas the events of the original Halloween, she got, it took her decades to get over. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's very strange to sort of see her trying to put a sunny face on everything when she says repeatedly that Michael Myers is one, still alive and still out there, and they don't know where he is, and it's turning the town into crazy people. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's Michael Myers gets away at the end of Halloween Kills, and so he is still out there. So this is... The way she's acting is does not jibe with how she would be there in the first two movies. Right. And I, and I like the approach of her being like trying to put a sunny face on and trying to, you know, get on yeah. to and, get on. But and I like, think that's, I think that's a testament to Jamie Lee Curtis's performance. She plays it as like Lori's maybe trying a little too hard. Too hard. Yeah. She's like a little extra, you know, <laughs> and, and very, it doesn't take much to put her back on unhinged mode yeah and she's like she's you know trying to get allison to date and like is being like oh just take your tits out and shake them at <laughs> at the per- at the thing you're fe- afraid of and it's cringy and she's weird. yeah she's definitely like she's veered into like i'm gonna i'm like drunk aunt at the wedding you know <laughs> yeah yeah and it, it is it's a great performance and a great idea it just if you're following halloween kills it just doesn't make any sense everything with michael is left unresolved at the end of that so to to not really have him be a major factor in this movie until kind of the third act is it doesn't work for this movie at this place in this trilogy or quadrilogy or whatever you want to call it it's not a a, it's not a satisfying conclusion because michael feels like an afterthought and i'm okay with these movies moving past michael because as we've discussed now a few times Michael's not very interesting, especially when you give him no motivation and no, uh, he's maybe more effective in small, uh, small doses, like in say Halloween. (laughs) But if you're going to have him be the centerpiece of a franchise, he, he can't just be ambiguous, amorphous evil, especially because they try to make it seem like this is something in this movie that 
much like at the end of Halloween 4, evil is passed on. Like, right. if he gives you the Ghost Rider penance stare, <laughs> you pick up his evil. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's my problem with this. And Halloween Kills, to an extent, it's not as weird and waffly in Halloween Kills because they don't need to sort of address it. But here, it's whether or not Michael is supernatural needs to be addressed and it can't be this wiffle waffly like well maybe evil is inherited maybe it's not and it just needs to be yes he's he's sending his evil into receptive people i I, you can't have it you can't have it both ways it would work much better if michael was a a hannibal lecter type character who has agency and charisma but michael they talk about you know like you know having like having evil eyes Apart from when you see him as a little kid, you don't even see Michael's eyes. He wears like a, a he's wearing a Shatner mask. mask. You can't see any of his face. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the other problem. Michael doesn't talk. It's not he's not like a Freddy Krueger or or Pinhead even. He can't like talk and emote no. and like express his feelings. So he has like this psychic connection with this Corey dude, and at least that's what the movie, the visuals of the movie is implying. And then Corey instantly decides that he's going to start murdering people who have wronged him. Yeah. So, uh, I guess, we're, we haven't really we talked kind about... kind of jumping into it. So <laughs> Essentially, the lead of the movie, the main character, the movie, this is a movie about uh, Corey Cunningham, a.k.a. Baby Billy Crudup. <laughs> yes. He looks like Billy Crudup He does. To me. No, he looks a lot like Billy Crudup. Yeah. Yes, uh, K- Corey Cunningham, hapless dope. <laughs> hapless dope. Uh, so he's just a, he's just a normal kid, kind of an awkward, like babysitter. He's going to be in, going to engineering school when he graduates and he, it's, it's Halloween night, uh, not, uh, the year after the events of Halloween kills and, uh, he's babysitting this, this this little turd. (laughs) This kid's just a total turd. And I'm sorry. The fucking Home Alone stunt gone wrong that gets this kid killed. <laughs> I, I I know I wasn't supposed to laugh, but it was kind of hilarious. Yeah, it was it was like upsettingly. It was like darkly funny, and I'm not entirely certain they meant it to be. Um, but it also, but it, it helped in a way because the movie sets you up as being like, oh, Michael's in the house. It's gonna be like the opening of every Halloween movie, and then he accidentally kills this kid. Um, sending him to prison. <laughs> well, or he gets acquitted, I guess. He get, but, well, um, he, well, he does. He goes to prison, right, for a little bit. Did he? I I don't know. Or is it just that he that there's a probably a long, maybe a three month long trial or whatever, and it takes forever, and then he eventually is acquitted, and he's the town pariah. Yeah. Well, it's also the scene is played so weird because by the time he's like pounding on the door and saying, "Let me out! I'll kill you, you little shit." We know that Michael's not there, right? And we know that yeah. there's nothing wrong, and he knows that too, because the kid's just being a little turd, uh, and and then the kid he just he opens the door real hard. Kid gets smacked in the face and just like just like a jackass stunt gone wrong. Uh, Goes flying over a banister and down three stories right to the floor, just as his parents are getting home. Literally, as they walk in, like they like, walked in the door, and he face plants right in front of them. Yeah. It's, 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 I don't think they meant it to be so, feel so silly, but it's just, it is, it is, 
it is comedic timing at its yeah. finest, you know. Yeah. It's and that sets up, all right, now we jump ahead to present day and and so yeah, like let's talk about Haddonfield. The Haddonfield of the Haddonfield of Halloween and the other Halloween do not feel like the Haddonfield of kills and ends. A town that is just brimming with assholes. Yeah, or just people, yeah, or just really suspicious people ready to resort to violence at the slightest provocation. Dickish Um, marching band kids (laughs) roaming the streets trying to buy beer. Yeah, and, uh, and, you know, a a radio DJ who's just super intense and, like, pissed off the whole time. Yeah, this radio, this guy (laughs) thinks he's Samuel L. Jackson and do the right thing. Uh, (laughs) Like, it's just... It's so over the top and like, and, you know, same with Corey's parents, Corey's stepfather and mother. They're like cartoonishly like weird. And yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. His mom feels like like that's like borderline John Waters. Yeah. You know, (laughs) his stepdad is the only decent decent person in the entire movie. Well, aside from Allison, I guess. I don't know, man. Allison... I don't know, man. She she she's just like she runs off with the first dork she finds. <laughs> she's been like I don't know if she's been dating that cop or just being aggressively stalked by that cop. And that's just, this is the fundamental problem I have with this movie. I'm like, is this is this town on an island? Right. Leave. Yeah. <laughs> just leave. <laughs> Buy a house somewhere else. In Halloween H2O, Lori got as far from fucking Haddonfield as she could. In the Scream movie, the new one, Nev Campbell basically says, I am never going back to Woodsboro. Never, (laughs) ever, ever again. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and and in Scream 3, she moves from Woodsboro, too. She's not, she doesn't go back there. She's somewhere else, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah, she's got her nice, she's got her nice compound in, like, Topanga Canyon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she's got that real, with the dog and the, you know... (laughs) Uh, uh, no, it, it, but it's also, and it's like, it's not like Lori stayed there because she's going to have a relationship with Will Patton. She runs into him in the supermarket and it's played like they have not seen each other since Halloween kills. Yeah. Yeah. It's so strange. And, and everyone who Lori encounters, everyone gives her like the hardest time. Well, they act like it's all her fault. Yeah. And, and I, and they act like it's all her fault dating back to the events of the original movie. Like, they, they, multiple times there's these lines like, you you provoked a crazy person and he went on a rampage. What, what does that mean? Yeah. How did she provoke him? I've seen Halloween. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the 2018 movie. It's yeah, like, like uh, her, her friend, uh, the, the, the sheriff's daughter says like, hey, jerk, speed kills. And the, and, it's, and the car stops and then drives off again. That's it. <laughs> Lori is not looking for trouble in any way, shape, or form yeah. in the original Halloween. She is just trying to get a babysitting gig. Yeah, and then and then in the 2018 movie, the whole thing is organized is organized by that crazy doctor. These movies can't. Well, all right. This has been the problem for all three of these movies: is they are they bend over backwards to create some significant bond between Michael and Lori. Right. Even though they also are going out of their way to establish that there is no significant bond between Michael and Lori. So, like, Dr. Sartain in the first one, he's like, I want to, you know, he's like, let them fight. I want to, he's trying to orchestrate these two people meeting again like they did 
for Dr. Loomis in the 70s. Right. And then in Halloween Kills, they go out of their way. Laurie's like, he's coming for me. He's coming for me at the hospital. And everyone else is like, no, he's not. That was just <laughs> this doctor. He doesn't, like, he doesn't, Michael doesn't care about you. He's just trying to go home. Uh, <laughs> and then in this one, Michael's not even a factor. No. Until the end where he just shows up. Uh, like to get his mask back and and he and Lori have a, like a big old fight in the kitchen. Yeah, and and he I I mean, I don't know how to describe it because it, it the the movie does not make it clear why. I mean, it makes it clear on some level that Corey Cunningham has has reached his limit of being abused by this town yeah. and is so it's like take a, back a, his after power. after the death of the little turd, uh he becomes basically a pariah he doesn't go to school he's working at his like stepdad's chop shop wearing coveralls uh you know and you know he's 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 a town freak like he's he's he killed a kid he's you know no one wants anything to do with him until allison kind of bonds with him because she's also sick of this town and the sick of the way that they regard her and the way they regard laurie he just yeah he gets pushed to a breaking point yeah. And it's about when the the marching band kids shove him off the bridge and he then encounters Michael and they have a a, a connection moment where and then he inadvertently but then intentionally kills the ho- this homeless guy and then he and kills the guy the cop that's like been like harassing Allison. Right. Then he's like he's he's killing he has like purpose to the targets like he's killing the doctor and the nurse. Right. That like are hooking up and they that cost Allison a promotion. It's I don't know. It's I think if they had gone this direction about like this new killer rising up and what does it what is evil and what does it take to push someone to this level? That's that's an interesting angle for Halloween and yeah. you ha- and you could have Michael be on the periphery of that. Like, this guy, Michael is clearly, like, pure evil. Right. Nothing happened in this version of Halloween to push Michael to become a killer. He's just evil from the start. Right. He is some force. He is beyond human. Corey, on the other hand, has been made a killer through bad fortune and abuse and, uh, you know, you know, like, circumstances. It's right. it's It's nurture, not nature. Right. And... I think if you'd done Halloween 2018, which is the more conventional reboot, just get the gang back together, have a Laurie versus Michael, it ends with Michael seemingly killed, so it's ambiguous if he's alive or not, and then you jump to the beginning, where we are at the start of Halloween Ends, and let that story breathe across two movies. Yeah. He, Corey could be the one, maybe Corey, maybe the first, Halloween, the uh, this version, the, the first movie ends with, Corey kills uh, uh, Judy Greer and makes it look like, like it's, it's Michael, Michael Myers. Myers. Or yeah. it ends with Michael Myers is alive and it's the two of them. It's, I don't know, just, this is a story, this is a complex character story and it's more complex than maybe Halloween can handle in one movie. Yeah. But I admire them going for it. I just yes. don't think, they, it's, and then, then, out of nowhere, so, so Corey goes to kill Laurie Lori's ready for him, and he stabs himself in the neck and kills himself so that Allison will think Lori 
killed, killed him. him. Yeah. If I can't have her, no one can. Right. Which is which so... is not the se- well. It's also it's a weird sentiment, but it's not correct for the moment, right? Like that's not. I guess it's that if he can't be with her, he'll alienate her from with Lori. Right. I guess, but that's I don't know. It's a weird. I get the like. When people say that, it's usually like they're going to kill that person. You know, if I can't have you, no one will. And then you're dead. Yeah, it's it's the it's, old, you know, yeah. uh, incel abusive boyfriend lifetime right. movie line. Right. But it, it, him saying it and then I don't know. It's weird. I, it's I got I got it. But I mean, at I, that I point in the it, movie, but... I'm also like the movies wanted us to sympathize with him up until right. maybe the last t- 10 minutes. Yeah. Because also they paint everyone else in the town as a complete jackass. This is a movie that is full of Shelleys from Friday the 13th Part 3. It's full of <laughs> those stock characters and slasher movies that are the asshole that you want to see die. Whereas, yeah. uh, I will say to the credit of the first two movies in this in this reboot trilogy, it, they were sympathetic characters. They were quirky. You know, they had their little asides. But they were sympathetic and you it felt scary when they were killed. Yeah. Like the old couple in the second one or the dad and the kid in the first one, you know, right. This one, everyone feels like they've, they've cranked up the cartoony jerk level. So like to later, uh, Friday, the 13th movies. Yeah. No, and I think, absolutely. and I think that's a bit of a cheat, like, cause it's, it's, it's making it feel like it's a satisfying revenge when he kills all of them at the, ch- at the like junkyard and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And and the way that some of those, the kills at the junkyard are portrayed are so, like, lovingly violent and lovingly, like, gory and, that it and is. And they also, like, he doesn't kill his stepdad. His stepdad right. is accidentally shot, so, like, he get they, they don't even, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, you have to make the audience a little uncomfortable with this story, and yeah. I don't think they're doing a good enough job that still, it feels like, they still just want these two to be like a, you know, star-crossed lovers, you know, kind of like a little bit like, you know, punk renegade rebellion story up until the 11th hour. Yeah, and I, and I but I think and I think what you yeah, and the and the the romance doesn't exactly work cuz it's rushed so much. And I think mm-hmm. you're right if they were if this was stretched across two movies, you could even play the tension of well, is this, like, you could play the tension of, is Corey bad? Is he killing these people? Is he the one murdering these people? And then maybe you reveal that it is him as a cliffhanger or whatever. I mean, the way I thought this movie was going to end was sort of a battle for Haddonfield's soul literalized as Corey. And that, you know, Laurie and Allison would have to, like, try and bring him back from the edge. Which is kind of a dumb idea, but it sort of would be a little bit more satisfying than the way that it all plays out here. <laughs> no, the problem is... The way the way the movie set it up, it's basically like... The whole movie they talk about, well, okay, Michael's gone, so this town needed a new boogeyman. Right. But at the end of the movie, they're like, no, no, no. It's always been Michael. Michael's always been the problem here. You know, now he's turning us, he's turned us into monsters. It's Michael's fault. Throw him in the giant meat grinder. (laughs) Yeah, there's this, the the coda to this movie is basically this Capra-esque, the town captures my, gets Michael's body. He's dead at this point. And they throw him into a meat grinder. 
and it's it's it is it's like the town has expelled the evil and it's like have they everyone's been so mean yeah they play it as really positive and they play the ending of the movie as like really sweet and everything's okay allison is very sensibly getting out of town but uh (laughs) i think honestly to me it's like the ending should be all right but who's our next boogeyman yeah. Maybe it's that we we as we as people need, which feels a lot more timely, honestly, is who are we going to be throwing into the wood chipper next year? You know, <laughs> yeah. Next Halloween, we're going to rise up and throw another one. Yeah. I, I mean, like, and that that also feels more in the spirit of the original movie, which ends on such a, you know, unfinished note and a, which makes it scary. It's yeah. like, oh, he's Michael Myers is out there and he could be at your door next. Well, yeah, that's the thing is Michael Myers is meant to, he's, he's not, he's the shape. He's yeah. not supposed to be this one. It's not about him being, it's not about Michael Myers. It's about the boogeyman. Yeah. It's just yeah. like what happens when something like this force of evil and death shows up one night. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. It's this franchise has tried time and again to try and explain it. And the simple fact is you can't have it only be about Michael without and and not explain it. You have to you have to focus more on the the Michael on a conceptual level. And that means he can't always be the same guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think and I think that's what they were going for. And for whatever reason, they just couldn't they couldn't follow through. They couldn't deliver like they they had to basically say, we don't really know how to end this Corey story. So it's over. And now here's Michael. <laughs> I mean, the story should end with Corey in the same uh, in Smith's Grove or whatever it's called, uh, like Michael was at the beginning of the first movie. Yeah. So the yeah. cycle's begun again. Yeah, I mean that's 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 sort of what they're trying to do is sort of like these cycles of violence beget more cycles of violence. It's just, yeah. but it, it it you gotta follow through with that, and thematically they just don't, and they they can't even make it sort of a battle of good versus evil. It just it just ends. It just like the Corey situation, this Corey story just ends with this wet fart. Yeah, that's like... the problem. I think if <laughs> if they'd even done this movie the same way and just had court had literally the last scene after everything we've seen after the weird funeral procession and after her like little quote scene on the porch with will Patton, end just make it clear that Corey's alive and he's in the asylum and it's like it's like the end of taxi driver where he looks at the rearview mirror and like the counters begun again right you know yeah yeah exactly it's like he's starting over and Corey's there and he's visited by one of the hospital's benefactors uh <laughs> famous toy maker connell cochran yes yes that's how it should have ended and then it would have earned that the font yes then it would have earned the font like you you cowards you had it yeah i mean you know and then i think actually the you know Halloween... what could pass the evil on a stonehenge chip in the back of that mic that shatner mask <laughs> that could yeah, do it that could do it and you know it's uh, I think if you had done if they had done something like that, and even if they had not had Michael Myers in this movie at all, except as sort of like maybe the mask, um, I think actually fans might have actually taken to it. I don't think fans are rejecting this movie because it's it's too off the beaten path. I mean, although it's not scary, like there's not meant much tension and it's no, not very scary. None of these um, three have been all that scary, but I think yeah. that's also because like they're more complicated. Yeah, yeah, I think... Yeah, Michael they, hasn't they, been scary since the first Halloween. 
that's true. That's a good point. Um, but uh, but there's no like real tension in this movie. Not even like scares. There's just there's no tension here. No, because um, it's like we you first meet Michael. He's kind of like he's not scared. He's not even like imposing anymore. No. He's this like old beat up man. He's like a <laughs> seventy year old man living in a in a in a hole in the ground. <laughs> yeah, and it's just. Uh, but I think if they had removed Michael entirely and maybe just had the mask. I don't think Halloween fans or horror fans would have turned on this movie the way that it seems like the discourse has. It's this frustrating thing of it seems like the movie is trying to throw things at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. And it's coming off of kills, which I think at this point people just it feel like it was an unsatisfying movie. Well, because it is. I mean, it's it's not it's not a terribly satisfying movie. And when you when I and especially since this movie doesn't really deal with anything from that movie in any real aspect, uh, it's sort of like, eh. Why, why we why do we follow that one <laughs> yeah that's the thing I, and like Halloween 2018 is a is imperfect to say the least it's not yeah. like it's a it's a flawed movie but it's very well made and it has some great moments and it's as good a Halloween sequel as you can hope to get honestly yeah. Yeah. and I just don't know if the, these two movies haven't followed through on the promise of that yeah and it, and I think part of the problem is that Halloween 2018 ends so definitively. I mean, it just feels like it, it's like a, it ends and it's a real movie. It feels like the, every, all the stories have come to a completion. This family is back together, is like has reunited and dealt with their legacy. And it's like there's no real questions going forward about the characters or anything like that. And that's why I think if you'd, if you'd gone straight to the Corey Cunningham stuff it, for the second and third movie and yeah. skipped Halloween Kills, which is a movie all about how horrible Michael Myers is and what he's done to this town, which just elevates his significance so much more than it is in the first movie where people in Haddonfield in the first movie don't really talk about Michael. Like Allison's friends are like, didn't he like kill a couple people like 30 years ago? Yeah. I mean, and, and the way that it's presented is sort of like the, the narrative like lore of the neighborhood kids like it's not it's not like it's like a scary thing that kids tell each other to freak them out you know it's yeah. not in that first movie it's not presented as like this all-consuming town-wide like we are yeah you know. like it's it, whereas in the second movie you have like everyone seems to be instantly traumatized at the mention of michael myers yeah exactly i mean I, and and it's weird because it it Halloween Kills follows so directly on Halloween 2018. Yeah, and that's so the it, problem. It's like that he's he's back to being the boogeyman in Kills, where he's been a little demystified in Halloween 2018 because he's just a guy, yeah, and he got yeah. caught that night, and he's <laughs> been hanging out in the asylum, just not doing anything. Uh, yeah, and then in the and then in Halloween Kills, he's back to being like, no one knows what he looks like, and you know he's he's turning us into monsters, and you know it's like he's he's you know, a force of evil. And I don't know. It's like, you can't have it both ways. It's as no. simple as that. No, you can't. Either he and... is, he is a disciple of the cult of Thorn and Lori's <laughs> brother and uh, he can't die or he's just a man. Just a dude, yeah. And the longer you spend with Michael Myers, the less scary he becomes because he stops being the boogeyman. It's like Corey says, he's just an old man in a mask. It's yep. what he does what, what, to quote Batman Begins, it's not who he is underneath. It's what he does that defines him. <laughs> and yeah. you have to explore that in other characters. And if you're going to do that, you have to fucking commit to it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know if it's like, did Blumhouse, I, I can't imagine that Blumhouse had like 
that much oversight over David Gordon Green and these people, but like there are like six credited writers on this movie, so and they're all and it's not like they got hand they got handed off like yeah. for rewrites and stuff. No, I think it's just that they realize that like oh we have to resolve Michael. He has yeah. to die and he has to have a final showdown with Lori because that's why we're here and it just feels so tacked on because the story yeah. has gone in a completely different direction. Yeah, and it and feels almost like more of a drama and feels on it. Did you see Joker? Did uh, you see Joker? I still or? haven't seen Joker. I mean, it feel a lot of the beats that happened to Corey feel very similar to Joker. So, and it it just feels like well, we're telling like this gritty drama, you know, coming of age drama. I don't know. Well, it's also the problem is Michael Myers is a very different villain than the Joker. Well, yeah. If if this was Corey Cunningham meets the Joker, the story <laughs> might work because the Joker is a, a, a charismatic and influential force of evil. Michael Myers is the blankest of blank slates. Yep. You yeah. take away all the established lore about him and he is just a guy walking yep. around very slowly killing people. Right, which is terrifying in the first movie, in, in a movie where you've never met Michael Myers before. Yeah. But then when you get to a second movie and it's like, oh, he's chasing down your main character. I mean, as you said at the beginning, and as we said in the Halloween Kills podcast, it's like, you've got to get some motivation. You have to have something. Whether or not that's a cult that is, you know, the cult of Thorn that wants him to be some sort of resurrected demon or something i don't remember i wouldn't i wouldn't dwell too hard on that i'm not saying <laughs> or, the cult of thorn was a good idea <laughs> or or he's chasing down the remnants of his family like you know that which like as ideas go that's not the worst thing for this franchise to do and it was kind of surprising when the 2018 movie ditched it well, I you know, know a lot of people just don't, a lot of fans don't like it. And John Carpenter's kind of wishy-washy about it. Like, he's like, yeah, it was just something we came up with for the sequel because they knew that they needed to come up with something. Right. And and But the thing is, is it, it's simple and it works and it's easy enough to explain in a line of dialogue. You can just be like, well, he wants to kill his, his family like he did, you know, when he was a kid. That's the, and so that's the thing. Either you have to give Michael some sort of motivation some sort of goal, or you have to move off of Michael. Right. And this movie yeah. dances with that, but, like, Jamie Lloyd becoming the new killer, and, like, Laurie <laughs> chopping his head off, and, like, the franchise becoming an anthology series about spooky killer masks, <laughs> they don't commit to it. Yeah. So, in that sense, it is very much a Halloween 3. That's true. That's true. I mean, I think it's it's it, it it incorporates everything where it does a weird left turn. It uh, it it tries to do some tries to take the franchise in a new way, but then uh, eventually comes back to Michael Myers fighting somebody in a house. <laughs> and I doubt we've I I don't know I doubt we've seen the last of Michael Myers. Maybe not this Michael Myers. He's he, I think this arc is done, and the next time will be a new reboot whenever that happens. Uh, but it will just, this, this franchise will just keep going in a circle because yep. it's, it's honestly, they made that choice all the way back with Halloween three season of the witch when they decided not to go in that direction. Yep. And they came back for Halloween four and said, Nope, this is a franchise about Michael Myers. And then they're going to be trapped with that forever. 
Yep. Because that is the expectation when you go into one of these movies is you're going to get Michael Myers versus ideally Jamie Lee Curtis, but Michael Myers going around killing people. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it was kind of disappointing. I was hoping that this movie would have more for Jamie Lee Curtis to do. And the first act, she's pretty present, but then she kind of vanishes once the Corey story yeah. takes well, over. Yeah, I I like Alice and I like Andy Matichak. I thought I she was too. really good. Like the performances are all really good. Yeah, and this and that's it, the thing. This is like, I, I I feel like again, I don't want to sell at least this one and Halloween twenty eighteen too short because they still are like a real notch up from a lot of the Halloween sequels. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And they're they're they look really good. They feel like real movies. I just don't think they entirely work. <laughs> no, and that's yeah. fair. And that's you know what? I can't single them out. That's been no. the case with every Halloween sequel and most Nightmare on Elm Streets <laughs> and most Texas Chainsaw Massacres and most Friday the Thirteenth movies. You know, yeah. it's it's slasher movies are an imperfect beast. <laughs> Well, and they're they're when they when they're done right, they're really good, and they're they're just really hard to do right. And, and when they're done, even when they're not like great examples of filmmaking, they still <laughs> should, they, they can be a lot of fun. That's like right. that's why I always say I that's why I love the Friday the Thirteenth movies because they're they're unambiguously fun at their best because they're, well, they're just yeah. they're just telling a, a campfire story yeah, those movies literally have a flashlight under their chin yeah there's no there's no pretensions to the the friday the 13th movies there's no like we're making a commentary about about how evil infects us all you know it or we're making these grand fantasy stories about you know the evil that exists in our minds or whatever it's like this is just down and dirty very simple yeah <laughs> they never you know. they, they they know what they are they're not trying to they don't have the visual ambition of a hellraiser or a, a nightmare on elm street and uh they didn't suffer from making you know one of their their first movie being one of the best slashers ever made like right. texas chainsaw massacre or halloween, halloween. they've yeah. always been that just wonderful you know, grungy little middle of the pack franchise. Right. And that, that Paramount at the time knew was just a bona fide moneymaker that would cost them nothing. And they would make tons of money off of it every year. They loved it. <laughs> and were also deeply embarrassed about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't like the Friday, the 13th movies. It's just not really my bag, but I don't begrudge them anything. <laughs> No, that's the thing. It's they're not for everyone. Uh, I, I just happen to have a fondness for them. Uh, but I have a fondness for the first Halloween. That's a that's well, a, a, I do too. A incredibly yeah. watchable movie. It's. I mean, yeah. I mean, we. I think we talked about it. I mean, we talked about Halloween so much on this podcast in the early days. So I think we've talked about that first movie to death. But well, uh, it's this is a franchise that has tried time and again to replicate the success of the original, and. Uh, it, it's it's just made for an interesting study in, you know, how how do you keep a franchise going and all the different ways you can go. Yeah. And so, but now it's sort of, this is a part three where everyone sort of seems tired. Everyone kind of is like ready to move on. The audience is ready to move on. And, and Michael Myers will go back to his box and he'll come out in, you know, five, six years. Yeah. Uh, and that's how it goes. It's, decides it's, they want another one. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's next up. Like it's got to rotate around. Like Michael and Leatherface have had a little time in the sun. Now it's going to be you know, like Freddie and Jason again or something. <laughs> I want to see a sequel to Freddie versus Jason. I liked Freddie versus Jason a lot. <laughs> I, I just, I think I just want, I would love 
one more round with Robert Englund. I know he yeah. said he's probably not going to do it anymore, but I feel like there's ways you could do it and still have him be Freddy. Yep. No, I I agree. I I, I he uh, there's and and there's so many very talented filmmakers who can like who could work in that space, that surreal dreamscape space and I don't know. I think there's a story to be told even if Robert Englund's not like like running around he could still be the face of freddy or whatever yeah but like he's still like there's there's freddy's you know stunt work isn't the (laughs) highlight of freddy (laughs) krueger you know i think there's ways to get around that yeah i i would love that i don't know what it would be i think it's i don't know if it would be satisfying but i think it would be a lot like oh it's let's get jamie lee curtis back for one more yeah or you know something like that or yeah uh you know wanting to see tony todd as Candyman again yeah, I mean, and and everyone else, the slashers have all been masked, so it doesn't really, you can't really bring anybody back. It doesn't matter who you bring back. It's true. I mean, that's what makes Pinhead and Freddy kind right. of unique, is that when you have someone besides, when they try to have someone else play him, it's not always as successful. Yeah. Any final thoughts on Halloween Ends? Not, not really. It's over. Halloween ended. ended. (laughs) Evil died tonight. It did die in two ways. Corey Cunningham died and Michael Myers died. So evil did die. Evil died tonight. Uh, Tommy would have been so happy. (laughs) So Will, uh, you're up, slugger. What do you got for me? All right. So I've been thinking about this a lot. So November is uh, Godzilla's birthday month. So I thought it would be fun to do a Godzilla part three. Now, I'm actually going to toss it to you, Sam. Here's a question. There are two candidates for a Godzilla part three. There's the original King Kong versus Godzilla. Then there's also King Kong versus, or not King Kong, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah um, from 1991. Now, I will say King Kong, God damn it. Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah is bananas and is tons of fun. It's very 90s and contains one of the silliest scenes in any of these movies. So, uh, you pick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, my pick is now your pick. <laughs> I think, I guess we should start at the beginning. I, I'm assuming Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah is, is um, the second era, the Hisei yes. era. Yes. So we'll go back to the first era, the Showa era, and we'll start things off with uh Godzilla versus King Kong or King Kong right. versus Godzilla cuz yes. that's the that is the that's the third Godzilla movie and it yep. was like a real it was his big comeback. Yeah. I think he went it was first time he went color. First time he went color and yeah, I mean it was the second time he, he fought a monster but he's fighting one of the biggest monsters from America and yep. uh, it is actually I I was looking this up cuz I was trying to figure out how many King Kong movies there are. And this uh, King Kong versus Godzilla is the third feature film to feature King Kong. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Then. Well, I mean, I guess there's got this King Kong, the son of Kong, son of Kong. and then there's, you know, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it, I, I'd say, yeah, Godzilla versus King Kong. The original is definitely uh, a franchise defining movie because the first movie is, is a sobering rumination on the effects of uh, 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 atomic energy. And the second movie 
looks and feels like the first, but I believe was kind of a rush job. Yeah, it was, it's yeah. definitely just, we're just trying to cash in as It's much got my as boy possible. Anguirus in it, which yeah. I, I'm always an Anguirus fan. But It's uh, always fun when he shows up, but they clearly hadn't sort of figured out how to do the monster battles, because they're like all sped up and they're weird, and so yeah. it, it's, you know. That one's like very, it's very prototype. I think it didn't even get released in the U.S. as a Godzilla movie. Yeah, I don't think so, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that this is this is when it became like, Godzilla returns like Hulk Hogan returning to the WWF. Uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it, I, I, I'm, I'm down. All right, I, let's yeah. do it. I've got my, my, my criterion box set right yeah, over I, here. Same Crack here. That bad so, boy open. Yeah. Let's do so. it. And I, it's, it is, mu- these movies are much like watching, uh, pro wrestling. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Very much. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, everyone has their own fanfare. Everyone has their own entrances and yeah. Yeah. So. And we can talk about the franchise overall and the different, uh, you know, how different, uh, filmmakers treat Godzilla. He's, <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's a, a beast of many parts. He's got yep. many facets for a, a giant atomic dinosaur. He's he's got a lot of personality. Yeah, he's a, he's a lot like Batman in some ways. That sort of like the concept is very mutable. You can sort of adjust him to different things and for different eras, and he can represent different things and for d- different cultures even. So. Yeah, and and like a, like a pro wrestler, he's got he's had face turns, he's had heel turns. He's, yeah. Sometimes he's a good guy, sometimes he's a bad guy. Who he is, like what he represents, changes per movie. Yep. Exactly. So. He's not the biggest friend to children, but he's often a friend to children. <laughs> Yes. Yes, indeed. I think Gamera's always been a committed friend to children. Yeah, he's always been a good, a good, a good turtle. <laughs> good, good boy. Cowabunga. <laughs> well, uh, I'm looking forward to that as we enter the, uh, the, the winter months of here in Los Angeles. We'll talk, uh, we'll talk uh, Godzilla versus King Kong next week. Yep. And uh, until then, Will, uh, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. And I just want to close with this final thought. Boys who keep secrets don't get custard for dessert. Was that in the movie? That was in Halloween Ends. Yeah, the, the, the that's his, his, Corey's mom says that to him. Oh, right, 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 right. right. <laughs> Boys who keep secrets don't get custard for dessert, which cracked me up. <laughs> I hope you find love, kid. <laughs> my favorite line just he looks over at his stepdad sitting in that chair i hope you'll find love kid (laughs) so many weird little moments in this movie i felt bad for that that guy is like the only nice person in the whole fucking movie and normal and i will say normally in these kind of movies the stepdad is always a piece of shit yeah no so he he was was like no he was the only one that gave him a break ever (laughs) Now, I saw some chatter online that people think in a couple years that this will be regarded just like Halloween 3 Season of the Witch is regarded. Do you think so? Halloween ends? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think it'll be, much like Halloween 3, I think it'll be one of those ones where people are like, oh, we applaud the effort, but I don't know if it really works. I think the thing that that gets Halloween 3 a pass is that it is not saddled with the baggage of the right. rest of the Halloween franchise. So it's, it is, it's miles from a perfect movie, but <laughs> it's weird and wacky and very self-contained. Yeah. I do think this one will be regarded better than kills. Uh, and I think uh, like 
like surprisingly like red letter media gave it a review and they really liked it or at least they really admired the effort but then they kind of felt like the ending kind of squashes it all yeah i mean and yeah i was kind of with it up until up until it was clear that it was not going to resolve the Corey story and it was like oh well I, i mean i think over time I don't know if, like, sequels in the Halloween franchise get regarded as, like, oh, they're better than you think. I think it's just clear which ones are not the good ones. <laughs> like, yeah. like, we all know Halloween 5 is, no, no one's calling that an underappreciated masterpiece. Whereas, yeah. uh, no one's saying that about Halloween Resurrection, you know? Right. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think there's... it's just the ones where they're trying to do something interesting uh, or are just a little better made get be- regarded better. And that's often the part threes we've watched it's 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 yeah. four it's h2o it's it's a it's a it, i mean we we started a whole podcast about threequels just on how weird and fascinating the halloween continuity is so they, they will always have a special place in my heart and you can take uh, any definition of special uh, <laughs> for that folks as always you can find us on instagram and on uh elon musk's twitter and <laughs> We hope you all find love as we enter the holiday seasons. And until then, have a very happy Halloween. Happy, happy Halloween. Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Halloween, Silver Shamrock. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Ah, the movie. I love that movie. So so weird. So crazy. So crazy. Good night, folks. Bye.